We're live. We're good now? Yep, we're okay. live. Okay, cool. Yeah, but like I was saying, uh, I think Jimmy Bucket's easily going to go for 40 this game. And a dub. Really? Knock the Knicks out just like that, huh? Knock them out just like that. Uh, so, Oh, dude, so do you want to tell the listeners that we got some exciting news? That there's no Daniel today? No, no, no. We'll get to that. But oh. that they're, uh, <laughs> we finally got music for our intro. Oh, we do? Yeah. Do you want to play it? Hit play, dude. I don't have any music. Welcome to Around the Cooler. So that's a little Motley Crue for all you Motley Crue fans. Oh, my God. So some context behind that. We were talking about it today, and we needed... Or we were talking about just the need for intro music. Well, we've always needed intro music, but yeah, D pushed it to us to have "Kickstart My Heart" by Motley Crue, and I I floated the idea that we should just hum the song. <laughs> I mean, I'm not against that, but I think we could still get sued for it. I don't think we can. I think we can. I this mean, this is California and America. You could sue for anything, dude. That's true. You can't get sued for anything. Anything. I don't know. I, like I, you could probably sue me for having three beers. And then going home. Yeah. You probably could. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could. Uh, but yeah, let's get into what That's... you alluded to already, dude. So there's no D here today, guys. Uh, he has He's dealing with some IBS, I think. Yeah, D's <laughs> under the weather. <laughs> some IBS. Uh, we hope a speedy recovery for him and that we see him next week when we record. Yeah, yeah. So this show's probably going to get off the rails real fast because Daniel's usually the one that kind of reels our... Sorry ass is back in. Yeah, a little. I mean, it's going to be fun. It'll be fun, dude. I mean, I think we've got a solid blueprint for this episode. I think we're going to do fine. We just the biggest thing is we just have to make sure this wraps up for the Laker game, because if the Laker game's on and we're still doing this or we re-recorded this for any reason during the Laker game, then we're in trouble. Oh, we're going to be super drunk by then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It'll just be all Laker talk. Then it turns into a Laker podcast. Yeah. Which, which it kind of already is. Dude. I'm not against it. <laughs> yeah, me either. Anyways, man, let's get into some NFL <laughs> news. The biggest news of the week, guys. Uh, the schedule released. Frank, any games in particular that stood out for you? Exciting matchups, yada, yada. Well, before we get into like the schedules or like the actual matchups, because there are some really good games on there, <clears throat> we got to talk about the, the release videos that came out with some of these teams, Ooh, man. Oh, good point, yeah. Dude, so have you seen the Chargers one? I didn't. I haven't seen it. You I, haven't I, seen I, it? I mean, I know that they uh, love to talk shit, which is funny because they get their ass whooped every year. Oh, but, yeah, dude. I mean, hey, kudos on them, bro. Right. At, least, at least they have something. You know, they yeah. got a PR team. They can, you know, talk shit with the best of them. We so. may get our asses kicked every year, but our PR team is out whooping ass. <laughs> yeah, dude, so. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they did like this um they did like this anime video similar to the one they did last year. Mm-hmm. And it was like it's awesome. They have a bunch of references to anime shows out there. I'm a big anime fan, so I really liked it. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the funny things about it is in the schedule when they point out that they're playing the Raiders. They actually get a voucher out that's like negative $1.7 million and there's actually a QR code on the vouchers and apparently somebody scanned it and it sent him to a link it said are you a charger or raider fan and then the guy clicked raider fan and then it sent him to a google search that said how to get a job (laughs) (laughs) no way yeah it was hilarious but like it doesn't even it didn't stop there and then they had one with uh that was making fun of the jets 
and Zach Wilson was walking around Madison Square Garden, oh, God, and there was just billboards one, everywhere that said, uh, "Cougars are here, come <laughs> come over here." It was like they absolutely buried so many teams. You know, he, so, he gets a lot of shit for liking older women, but a lot of guys like older women, dude. Well, yeah, I, everybody does, but like to to do what that guy did is it's pretty ballsy. And then to go out and have the shit season he had afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> that, that I agree, is... Uh, like, I mean, if he went out... I mean, he's like Dylan Brooks, bro. If you're going to talk that shit, back it up, brother. Yeah, if he went out after that and then, like, had a monster season and was, like, lighting the world on fire, I think we'd be thinking of Zach Wilson in a whole different light. But he blows, so... Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, so I didn't see, you know, like you mentioned, too much of this stuff. I did see the Bears one, though. Uh, I don't know. Oh, you saw the the Bear, right? The show? Yep. So they did a spinoff of that, which was really cool, dude. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was really cool, man. Uh, they made it kind of their own, like I said, and added some comedic twist to it. But definitely enjoyed that for sure. But cool, man. I'll have to check out that uh, Charges one. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, anyways, other big news that actually just broke, I think. Commanders officially sold, dude. $6.05 billion to a group led by the co-owners of the 76ers, Josh Harris. Uh, and Dan Snyder is officially out. That guy's a dirtbag, man. He's a, yeah. I don't, I would imagine, I wouldn't imagine that all of the NFL owners are to that level. I'm sure like, it's like a fraternity, right? They're all out there doing dumb stuff. But like the things that I read about from that, good riddance. God. You know. There's no words for that. Yeah. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to muster up words for that guy. And I, I really can't because yeah, he's a huge piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and then kind of just to circle back to the NFL schedule, some some personal phase of mine, uh, and we kind of talked about it a little bit on in our group chat, but yep. Bill's Chargers, pretty much Christmas Eve. Oh, man, that's going to be. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be rad, dude. So that the, cool, the reason why I'm so excited for that is because I'm going with Brian, and you're going with Daniel. So all four of us are going to be there. Yeah. It's on a Saturday. Yeah. It's before Christmas Eve. So... We're going to get absolutely shit wrecked. Yeah, we should probably book the hotels yeah. right now, dude. Yeah. Because there's That's no gonna way. That's going to be a good one. There's no way we're coming back from Week that. 16, though, t- the big thing about it is week 16. So there could be playoff implications a lot all over of big that. playoff implications. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say big time playoff implications. But yeah, some other games, big time games looking at here Bills, uh, Jets, week one. I uh, like that one because it's just first, it's week one. It's uh, Josh Allen versus the. The diva that is Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football on 9-11. Mm-hmm. It should be super exciting. should be really cool. That's an interesting point. I didn't even put yeah, two, it's two on together 9/11, on that. So. Yeah, really interesting. Um, Giants at Bills week six. Ooh. So a fun fact about that one, that's the week I will be in Buffalo with Mary. What? Yeah, dude. Are, but we're not going to be able to go to the game. Oh, man. That's the return of a... Dabble, the tall boy drinking legend to yeah, Buffalo, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm bummed, man. So when it dropped last night... I was like on my phone, dude, just trying to hound that game. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, we're at home. And I was like, oh, baby, am I going to get to go? And then it's the night game, dude. So it's going to be the time where the wedding's happening. Where uh, uh, the whole reason we're going out there is for a wedding. But yeah, yeah, man. So I don't know. Maybe I just blow it off and go to the game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> By yourself, dude, or yeah, just dude. take Kel with you? Yeah. You guys, it's just... fig- I got to figure something out. But yeah. yeah, man. So that's a big game. Uh, Eagles Chiefs week 11, obviously the Super Bowl rematch. Uh, that's going to be huge. And then we got Bengals Jags. That'll be interesting matchup yeah. on, for a potential playoff preview. Maybe. So I circled this one because it's week 13 and it's Joe Burrow versus the up and comer, the chosen one. Yeah. Like 
and it's two teams that you could potentially have fantasy players on. Mm-hmm. Like, so there could be fantasy implications, could be playoffs implications. It's a little early for playoffs, but like that game seems really exciting to me. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, I think just in general, you know, we're stoked that the NFL released the schedule and it's right around the corner. I mean, I think we mentioned it in an earlier podcast. There really is no off season for the NFL. Yep. There's always something happening uh, and something in the news. So, yep, schedule release, big news of the week. Very exciting. If you haven't checked out the games, go take a peep because there's some good ones on tap for this upcoming season. Uh, So let's get into what are we talking about this episode? Uh, rookie we're so we're what we're going over today is um 2022 rookie running last backs. year rookies yep. yeah yeah last year rookies uh specifically running backs and tight ends okay so we're gonna dive into some of these rookies now sophomores uh and give our takes on whether or not we like them this year we don't like them kind of give you some insight on what to what they did last year to maybe help you make a decision on whether or not you should draft them this year so let's get into the rookies or we're obviously talking about rookies. I yeah, mean, we're, we're talking rookie. about rookies, but we got to crack them, dude. Well, first, we poured this shot, and we got to drink this shot. Oh, shit, you're right. I'm already fucking up this podcast, dude. <laughs> D's here, and shit goes out the this window. This is what bro. I'm talking about. I yeah. knew this was going to happen. That guy is the reason. If that guy's not here, we're just going to do whatever we want up here. We're you know, gonna... I, think, I think all three of us have great chemistry, though, and I think if any one of us is gone, it might throw a little bit of a wrench. Yeah, but that's more probably so, true. But more so D than anybody, because, like, you know, we've talked about it in the past, like, Football is D's. Yeah, that's his forte. Yeah. You know? So, like, of course, he's going to be kind of our, like, uh, safety blanket, tight end safety blanket, so to say, when it comes to this stuff. But fuck it, dude. We're going to give it a shot. Yeah, he's but not no, here. He's so. not here. He's shitting his brains out somewhere. So <laughs> cheers to him, dude. Cheers. This is to you, Daniel. <laughs> oh, God, dude. And we still have to crack him. We do. <clears throat> what should we crack to? Well... I think we should crack them to all of the all the cool stuff that happened recently. So, like the NFL schedule came out yesterday, mm-hmm. I got super pumped on that. Mm-hmm. The Commanders getting sold today is kind of cool, and um, the, probably the biggest news of them all: Lakers playing tonight at seven. You know, I was kind of thinking about this on the way over here. The last time we did a crack them to the Lakers, they won. They whooped ass. So, I think we should do it again. Yeah, we're cracking it to the Lakers, baby. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Cheers. Delicious. All right, man. Let's get into these rookies. No, excuse me. Now sophomores. Yep. Uh, Second year players. For the upcoming season. Let's start with the running backs. Any running back in particular that stands out to you for the upcoming season? I mean, it's the crown jewel of last year's dynasty draft. Right. Reese Hall, your boy. Yeah. The guy you took first overall. Yep. My boy. So, Brees Hall looked incredible in the first part of the season. And then his ACL snapped, and I swear to God, every chair and every wall in America rumbled. (laughs) If you were a fantasy owner, you were so sad. Yeah. If you were a dynasty owner, you were so sad. If you were an NFL watcher, you were sad. It it just sucks to see a young guy go down like that. And if you were Zach Wilson, you were super sad. Oh, God. Yeah, he he rapidly emerged as one of the more explosive runners in the league, averaging 5.8 yards on 80 carries and 11 and a half yards on 19 receptions in six and a half games. The guy was on pace to do to be, you know, a top 10 back in fantasy mm-hmm. before the injury. He had five TDs before he went down. The impressive thing was he was getting better each week. Yes, he was. Which is 
crazy from a rookie running back. You know, usually that position kind of struggles a little bit, but each week his snap count went up. He was on pace to be a top five running back before the injury. The season, and it's just, you know, in those six games, I was like, this is this is the guy, dude. This is the guy that you're going to be looking at before the, like, obviously before his injury. This is the guy you're going to be looking at next season as potentially the first overall pick in the draft. Yeah. as a, In redraft. And so the worst thing is the guy went down, right? And it's just like, ugh, took the air out of my sails because I wanted to see what else he could do for the rest of the year. But what I do think is that... He, I don't think he's any like a flash in the pan type guy. Oh no. He's a three down back, man. Yeah. And the Jets need as much help as they can get over there. Yes, they do. Because when they lose, Aaron Rodgers is gonna blame everybody else but himself. That's a fair point. You know? Yeah, that's so, a fair point. Apparently his recovery is going great. <clears throat> it looks like he's gonna be ready for camp. And history has shown us that it takes a running back until his second season after an ACL to get back a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Since since two thousand, only Jamal Charles and AP were the only running backs who rushed for more th- more yards the following season after the ACL tear. Fun fact about me, I drafted Adrian Peterson. Too? Yes. Nice. I drafted Adrian Peterson in the third round the year after he tore his ACL, and he led the entire league in fantasy points that year. Yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> I, what do you think? What do you think? Sorry. No, that's all good. I was reading up on that on those stats as well. You know, I think age is a big factor, right? And you kind of hit on it a little hit on it a little bit in terms of you know, thankfully, I mean, I don't want to say thankfully that this injury happened to him so young. It's terrible that any injury happens to you so young. But thankfully, in terms of fantasy production, <laughs> it happened this young. Because there is that history there where, you know, the older running backs who suffer this injury aren't so lucky. Yeah. I think of like a Lamar Miller. I think oh. Darren Sproles tore, tore his ACL. Yeah. Uh, you know, those guys aren't coming back, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... Age is definitely on his side. I like the addition of Aaron Rodgers there. We all know that he likes to, in terms of fantasy production for Brees, we all know that he likes to check down to his backs. Brees has the hands to be an excellent pass catcher. He kind of showed it off a little bit last year, a little bit. And yeah, man, I'm I'm really excited for what he can do, barring his health this upcoming season. Yeah, I agree. And even if he, you know... I still think thousand yards rushing, five TDs, totally doable. all totally doable, doable. You know, yeah, totally. Sixty, doable. fifty receptions, all totally doable. Yeah, and then, like as we're saying, even if this year isn't his a hundred percent year, mm-hmm. I still think you take this guy obviously in the first round of redraft. Oh yeah, and you expect him to put up upside top five numbers every week. So where do you think he finishes overall if he stays healthy? I root for the guy, man. Um, if he stays healthy, which is a long shot, even if he misses one game as a running back, I'd still put him top eight. Top eight RBs? Top eight RB, yeah. I'm kind of a little more uh, liberal, I guess. I, 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 I see him as a top five back, dude. I think uh, you know health is obviously going to be the biggest factor here, but I just think you look at what he did last year. I mean, he was the focal point of that offense last year, right? They fe- I, while yeah. while he, while he was in there, right? So I don't see that really changing just because A Rod's in town. Yeah, you know, he's gonna get or Brees, uh, in particular, um, won't get too many you know looks. I mean, he's gonna get looks in the backfield. What I'm saying is the receivers are going to get more looks than they would have last year sure. with Aaron Rodgers on board. But that also opens up the field for Brees to run. Yeah, better, exactly, so. exactly. So, Anyways. We could talk about Brees Hall all day. I, we're both big fans of Brees Hall. We, yeah. we hope he's going to get back to 
what he was doing in the first, first six weeks. But let's move on to our next guy. I think he will. Okay, let's move on. What do you think, dude? Who's your guy? Uh, so he's not per se my guy, but Kenneth Walker, Seattle Seahawks. This one hurts. This is a, and D touched on it last episode. It's not 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 for him, but like, what is Seattle doing, dude? Yeah, they have a fucking all star there, in Kenneth Walker. Yeah, and for whatever reason, they drafted Zach Charbonnet, right? Uh, yeah, you, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, just looking at the stats here, he finished the year with you know, thousand fifty yards on two hundred twenty eight carries, got in the end zone nine times, nine times as a rookie. That's amazing. Yep. And then another stat on top of this, which I actually uh, did not factor in, but he caught the ball twenty seven times. Yeah, I thought he caught it way less. I'm being honest. Like just he's got hands. Yeah, I guess so, man. And and I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. So. Yeah, looking at all those stats and then the fact that, you know, it is Seattle, they're a run-first team. They have a proven guy there. He proved it last year, Kenneth Walker. Like, what are they, what are they doing up in Seattle with, with Zach Charbonnet? So, I think Pete Carroll is, like, losing his mind, dude. He might be, dude. You might have to put that guy in a retirement home. Like, what are you doing, bro? You, you went out and drafted Kenneth Walker and hit, and then you go out this year and hope you and draft another running back and hope you hit? Like, I don't understand the thought process there. I don't understand it either, but... I mean, dude. What? So, what do you think he finished like? You know, points wise. <sighs> to me, he's a Walker is a you know with the addition of Charbonnet, I would say that downgrades him to more of a solid RB two than a if he wasn't there Charbonnet that is a solid RB two with white or excuse me with running back one upside because I think if Charbonnet wasn't there we. I mean, he, he's a first rounder. Yeah, dude. He's exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's, damn, I don't know. It's interesting, just, man. So RB2 territory for me is third, fourth round. Mm-hmm. Well, typically, I, if if I can help it, it'd be earlier. But like where this guy was going to go was in the first probably eight picks. Where this guy is going to go now is probably midway through the third and third, early fourth. In smart it, leagues, dude. Not our league. Our no. league is full of dumbasses. <laughs> But, like, you see my point? Like, do you see how big of a, a downgrade that is? Yeah. Like, definitely. from a fantasy perspective? Yeah. Because not they didn't draft the dude to be a supplemental back here. They drafted a dude to be exactly very similar to what Kenneth Walker does. Yep. Except that I would say Kenneth Walker does already better than Charbonnet. So, it's like... He's definitely a better back than Charbonnet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just sucks, man, as a, as a, as a fantasy... Are you a Kenneth Walker dynasty owner? No, but, uh, like... You know, these are the like I draft in the first round every year. I want to have options. I don't. I have so less that, options now. So that's a good point. With the addition of Charbonnet, if you're a Walker dynasty owner, do you look to ship Walker off? Ooh, interesting tidbit. I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. I think he's still the guy there, right? Uh, I think D he's, mentioned that last episode too. Yeah, but like, yeah, man, like, just what the fuck are they doing? It, it just makes no sense. I don't, yeah, I don't understand. I mean, we could talk about this all day. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we could talk about it all day, but like the. Let's not, dude. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just like, I'm just so throttled by this. Like, I forgot how pissed off I got when it happened. I've just gotten more re-pissed off over it. Like, so, so with the, with all that said, um, talking about these top two guys, are you taking Brees or are you taking Kenneth first? Oh, that's easy, dude. Brees is going to go first round. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. Walker's significant downgrade. Downgrade yeah. all across your boards. All across your boards. Where do you take Brees in terms of... Over like certain wideouts, 
would you take him over like a Devonte Adams? Man, that's that's tough. I, I, it depends. Like, it depends on where I'm drafting. Like, is Brees the only option there as a running back? And then there's just, there's the stable of receivers. Because, yeah. so I think like you were saying, you know, where do you think Brees goes? I think, I think Brees is gonna go in the first round. I think someone. I th- I think he's first round worthy talent, but. I can also see him sliding out of the first round because of his injury. Sure. So And then you get value there though. Exactly. Yeah. And we love value, bro. So then you're so then maybe you take Devontae and then on the swing back you take Brees. Oh, and then you have Brees and Devontae. Yeah. I'd roll with that. Would you take Tyreek over Brees? <sighs> that's that's danger game right there. <laughs> I don't think Tyreek never lasts into the second round in our league. He always gets taken in the first know, round by man. Sam I in know. our redraft. Sam, dude. Sam, or end second ra- or beginning of the very second round. So I tell you who I'll I'll tell you who you're not getting uh, in our draft is the top two tight ends because Redbeard's taking them back to back. Yeah, <laughs> we know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man. man, let's so get into our next guy, dude. Let's do um, it, brother. So the next guy was like, I got like, I, I got a quick note about the next guy. Dude. Do you want to talk about this guy? Because this guy's I, I, your boy. No, I'll let you talk about him, but uh, I just basically want to pat give myself a huge pat on the back for this guy you can so for listeners this next guy was my uncut gem and maybe we'll introduce that into this podcast going into the 2022 fantasy football season he wasn't on really anyone's radar he was a relatively unknown i mean he had a strong um he had a good combine but he had a really strong uh senior senior day and uh the intangibles i saw from this kid in the tape i was like dude this kid if he falls in the right spot it's gonna be a monster and i remember having these conversations with d and that is damian pierce of the houston texans frank i'll let you get into damian pierce so i mean yeah just to really you know just to pat myself on back again he did big things last year man and i only see bigger things for him for the foreseeable future now that CJ Stroud is there as a rookie QB. They're he's going to lean on that run, game. That run game a lot. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, he was exclusively utilized within the red zone, within that five-yard red zone territory, like 99.9% of the time. Yeah. So he's going to get yeah. you at least, you know, five, six touchdowns. I can see him catching more balls. Yep. You know, with better CJ quarterback. being there, yeah, better quarterback. Uh, he has the hands to do it. So, Yes, I'm kind of stealing your uh, thunder here, Frank. So I no, man. I know I, you wanted to get into him, but I'm just so fucking amped. I hit on this kid. Dude. There's nothing better than hitting on <laughs> as like a as an armchair scout. There's nothing better than hitting on yeah. a pick, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? So 100. Oh, like, I'm gonna fucking ride that to the cows come home, baby. Oh, don't worry. We're gonna talk about hitting on things later. Let's so, go. Um, what what exactly, dude? Oh, well, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, Damian Pierce, man. The Texans gave this uh, drafted him fourth fourth round running back. Got the starting gig literally right out of training camp, which was I was like, holy smokes, who is this guy? You guys obviously watch way more college than I do. Yeah. And so when I saw that this guy, you know where you went to school? Uh, I have it written down here, but I don't know, so I'm gonna be, admit to that. D. That's right, Florida. Thank you, D. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, D. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, he did anything remotely cool on the Houston Texans offense last year because the Texans were terrible. Yeah. They were absolutely terrible. 
You know they were terrible because you drafted Brandon Cooks, and he was really bad for you. <laughs> Hold on a second. I drafted Brandon Cooks on the advisement of this guy. Of to Daniel. Our left. To, our, to my right, who is not here to defend himself. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Anyways, so from weeks three to 10, Damian Pierce ran for 670 yards, three touchdowns. He caught 20 catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown during that stretch. Eventually, defenses were like, Man, this is all the Texans have to. This is all the Texans have. So they just stack the box and force them to beat them with their arm, and they won. That's exactly what happened. And so, <clears throat> the cool thing is, he basically well, not the cool thing. He he ended up with a high ankle sprain towards the end of the season, which kind of put him out, which sucked as a fantasy owner because I did draft him in one of the, my in one of my leagues. Yeah. But the nice thing coming in is, as you were kind of talking about, you know, they're gonna have this rookie rookie QB. They're gonna lean on this run game. And I expect him to be a top 10 or a solid RB2 and with a couple top 10 finishes. And especially with D'Amico Ryan's coming over from the Niners to bring over Great that run point, or that zone blocking scheme. Great point. Sky's the limit here, dude. Great point. You know, like yep. I'm a big Damian Pierce fan and I can't help to be excited about what could be of this season and beyond. He's yeah. young. And he's set up, I think, in an offense that could have significant success this year. They're going to lose a lot of games. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But from a fantasy perspective, I mean, all the things that you would like to see there for a running back, rookie quarterback that needs to lean on him, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, he can block, he's on the field all the time, opportunities are going to be there. Yeah, I agree. So, and uh, just from a character standpoint, he's a dog, dude. Is he? Have you seen him run in a game? Like, did you watch, like, Oh yeah, yeah, bro. He, he's a he's a he's a fucking pit bull, bro. Yeah, dude. There's a little nastiness to that game. There is. He will bite your head off, dude. It's it's like he's like a reminds me of a early 2000s running back that can run between the tackles, that can hit you, that can juke you, and that can outrun your safety to the house. He's got the whole arsenal, brother. Yeah, yeah. So the only question I would ask you is, you think there's a potential for a committee here in this situation? There's always, you know, there's always alarm about that, especially in today's day and age in the NFL. I mean, you look around the league, how many true three-down backs are there? Not a lot. Right. I can think of maybe, I mean, two off the top of my head. Saquad and fucking, what's his name? Um, I can't even think of the second one. So I redact my statement. (laughs) But you know what I mean, dude? Like, yeah. uh, there's just not a lot of three down backs in the league anymore. And it's a shame for fantasy purposes because you have to, as a fantasy owner, totally reevaluate your strategy every year going into a draft. Right. For redraft purposes, you know? So even Dynasty, too, you have to, you know, look at that running back position and kind of evaluate and be like, is this really a valuable position? Can I get more production elsewhere that's that, an interesting that, that can make up for you know this decline in the, in this position so i don't know man like that's an interesting take there so like i really like how you said that just now about understanding of like this split black this split back situation that we have in the nfl that happens frequently it's like how do you select players that you can 
justify taking that are going to be in those situations. It's those players that are going to be catching the balls out of the backfield. Yeah. You know, like yeah. King Henry isn't even a three down back, but the guy rushes for 125 yards he's, every Sunday. He, he's the anomaly though. You right? know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. Th- that's what you're, that's what you're hoping for. So you hope Damian Pierce becomes that guy, even if he is in a split back situation, they start to throw the ball a little more to him. Yeah. That, I mean, cause as, he's got the ability as, as you know, as a fantasy owner. And you know, I think we've already touched on this. We are exclusively PPR or that we talk about, we want those backs to be able to catch the ball. Correct. And Damian Pierce can catch the ball. Correct. So, yeah, it'll be interesting Interesting to see how they utilize him uh, from that aspect moving forward. But, yeah, man, it, back to the original question, there's always a worry about yeah. split backfield. You know what I mean? Like, th- that's just the, the league that we're in now. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Damian Pierce there does there in Houston. But – I do like him, Frank, kind of like you were alluding to, as a solid RB2 with potential low-end RB1 production upside. Any given week. Any given week. Agreed. Uh, let's get into our next guy, Tyler Algier. Oh, man. This guy should have been a loser on our last episode. Was he a loser? I don't think he was. Uh, <clears throat> I originally... It was probably because he was too easy of a loser. Yeah, because we were talking about losers, and I originally had the entire... Um, running back room owner di- di- like the entire dynasty owners of the running backs for Atlanta prior to them drafting uh BJ. So, yeah, I mean, and that is an easy pick. Yeah, it is. It is an easy pick. I mean, if you're living under a rock, the Atlanta Falcons selected the top back in this year's <laughs> class. <laughs> Bijan Robinson, running back out of Texas, and now seemingly <clears throat> it seems like there's no room for good old boy Tyler down there to do anything. You think they trade him? Oh man. If if they put him on the block, I guarantee you there'll be a lot of There's interesting parties be. because you know, he put up quietly a solid rookie season last year. He rushed for over a thousand yards. Um I think he scored like a handful of times. He had like over 200 attempts. He's a good back, man. And so like I I I'm not surprised Arthur Smith made this pick at all. And I'm gonna hammer this home, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a way to bring him into every episode. Oh god! As a Kyle Pitts owner, <laughs> as a Kyle Pitts owner, <laughs> as a Kyle Pitts owner, you know, in Dynasty, I should say, uh, that Arthur Smith exclusively will only run the ball. Yeah. So it's not surprising that they drafted the best running back in this class. And yeah, now that he's there, Tyler Algier, what are we gonna get for him? We don't know. I think he's too talented to be sitting on the sidelines full time. Tyler. I, I, I yeah, Tyler. I think there's still a role for him there. You know, Bijan's gonna go there and obviously take over from day one, but I don't see Tyler ex, you know, getting pushed out fully. I still think, you know, we could see him on third down situations. I could see him, you know, close to the goal line situations. I don't know, man. Like I you know, where do we draft him in terms of redraft? Like, he doesn't have a spot. Bijan's there, you know? So, do you think maybe this he, could be. I will say he's probably the most valuable handcuff in all of fantasy. Do you think that this could maybe standpoint. be a situation of like um, AJ Dillon and um, what's the other running back, Aaron Jones? No, I don't. No. I, th- I think Bijan is so supremely talented that 
it's not going to matter. See, that's what's that's the that's the problem like, with Tyler. Go, go, going back to our like our three down back, like how many there are in the league. Yeah, Bijan's a true three down back. Right. So like it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, how they utilize Tyler there. Again, going back to what I was touching on, he's a he's a solid player, man. But like in terms of like fantasy production, is he going to provide much for you this season? I I don't know. Like I don't know. It's, it's remained to be seen. So if that, given that said, you can't run the risk of drafting him in the first five rounds. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Hell no. You know. Yeah. Like, hell no, dude. There's no way. Yeah. Given and that sucks because like like you're saying the predict the production that he put up last year and the type of back that he is because he's he's like that classic NFL back. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't always translate to fantasy production, but it can mm-hmm. on certain matchup days, and that's like kind of the trick there. You know, so he finishes the RB29 in PPR. So that's like a possible flex play. And so, uh, man, he's just, this is more of a product of a terrible situation for that player than it is the player himself. That's exactly if that what makes it sense. Is. You yeah, know, I know exactly that sounds weird, but it's like, yeah. So, best case scenario, it looks like he comes in as a change of pace back. But if that could, if that's the case, you ain't touching that guy. Yeah, definitely not, man. I mean, the Falcons are always going to run the ball, so th- I'm sure they're always going to find packages to get him in there. But it's like at that point, you're you're basically flipping a coin for him to score a touchdown every week, the way you were with Damian Harris two years ago on the Patriots. Yeah, dude, and you that sucks. You don't want that, man. No, you don't want to be Damian Harris. So. You don't. <laughs> Wait a minute, what's wrong with Damian Harris, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I always say that because I had Damian Harris that year, and I was just like, damn, I really hope this guy gets in the end zone, and then he wouldn't, and then I'd get four points. <laughs> that is such a. I mean. It's not. It's because, because it's that Patriots pass. backfield. I was gonna say, yeah. It's Nonetheless, yeah. I digress. Let's yeah. get into the next guy, man. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> James Dalvin Cook. That's correct, James Dalvin Cook, not Dalvin James Cook. Not to be confused with his more talented older brother in Minnesota. Yep. So again, um, this was a super interesting. This this guy's very interesting. I think he got drafted a lot higher than what he should have because his brother is Dalvin James Cook. The guy who just went absolute ham in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, he had a solid year. He rushed for 507 yards at 89 carries, 5.7 yards per carry, two touchdowns, 21 catches, 180 yards, and a tutty. He had fumbling issues. Yes, he did. You can't do that in Buffalo. No, you especially can't. Especially well, you when your expectation, anyway. especially, especially in places that you're expected to win a Super Bowl. Yes. That's you know what I'm saying? Point. Yeah. You know, if you're in Cleveland, we don't care if you fumble. Yeah. You'll be back in the game. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding. Um, but it's like, it's not an uncommon problem for the, for these guys to come in and have fum, have fumbling issues. You know they have to get used to the physicality of the game. He eventually worked into worked his way into a timeshare with Devin Singletary. Cook, I felt left a lot to be desired. He didn't have any big plays. He kind of grounded grinded things out, and like I feel like when you watch him, you feel he should be ripping off seventy yard touchdown runs. Like it looks like he's moving. He should be moving faster than everybody else, mm-hmm. but at times he just gets caught. Yeah. And so, um, in college, that wasn't typically the case. So, with the Bills adding Damian Harris, whom I just was making fun of like five minutes ago, we expect this guy to be back in a timeshare role because Devin Singletary kicked rocks. Yeah. Also, the Bills still have Naheem Hines. So, back to that point of like, you really want your backs that are in timeshare situations to be pass catchers? Mm-hmm. You ain't the pass catching back. Naheem Hines is a pass catching lord. Yeah, I think there's some validity to that uh you know james can obviously still catch the ball that's one of the reasons why he was brought into buffalo to be kind of that change of pace back but to my point earlier about the league being a running back by committee approach that's just what it is now 
not only do they have Naheem Hines there, not only do they have Damian Harris there, but let's not forget they signed the old god, Latavius Murray. And that guy quietly had a productive season last year in Denver. Yeah. So obviously they, they're going to have plans for him. But yeah, man, I think, you know, the Bill, you know, as someone who watched a lot of Bills games last year, they gave him every opportunity to take the backfield and run with it, and he didn't do it. So it'll be interesting to see what comes about next season with all those backs there. But yeah, I'm not really touching him in terms of fantasy yeah. purposes unless he really, true, truly takes over that lead dog role. But even then, like, even if he does show out and like provide solid production, the Bills like the Eagles and like every other team like to rotate their backs, dude. So you got, it's like a tricky situation. So I don't know, man. Yeah. This is one of those situations where like you need like six things to go right for this guy to have a fantasy path to success. I think, I think the floor, like let's say that he does kind of take over the lead role. The floor is solid because of his pass catching abilities. Right. So I think he could provide weekly flex play. If, if he's like the lead guy and is getting like, Right. 65, 70% of the snaps. But if he's not, and he's, you know, in this huge timeshare, there's no really no fantasy relevance there at all. Yeah. Yeah. Tough, tough sell for me there. Um, need to see more at yeah, the end of the day. Definitely need to see more. <laughs> Speaking of need to see more, let's get into the next, next, this next guy. He's interesting, dude. Um, from an NFL standpoint, I felt like he had a solid rookie year. But from a fantasy standpoint, not so much. Talking about Brian Robinson of the Washington Commanders. This guy, like I said, very interesting. I feel like he is a very volume-dependent back. Okay. He needs the rock to be effective. But when he does get it, I feel like... He does good things. Yeah, he can do good things. And it'll be interesting with Sam Howell there taking over that starting quarterback role next season if they decide to lean on that run game more. Obviously, they have some talented wideouts there with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Dotson. We'll see if, you know, who's who's the co- is Rivera still the coach over there? Riverboat Ron, baby. Yeah, let's see if let's see if you can figure something out. Guys, is an old school guy, yeah. man. <laughs> Which to place this guy's scary. Yeah, I was gonna say it's run the ball. Point. Yeah, they're gonna run the ball maybe. So it's interesting, man, because you know he didn't really for me he didn't jump off the page. I think he only averaged like three point nine yards uh, per carry last season. Only caught the ball t- no more than twice a game last year. So he only caught two balls max last game. Yeah. And he's not catching the balls out of the backfield, so he's not going to provide much value from that standpoint. But he is an effective rusher when they're inside the red zone area, specifically the five-yard line. They give him the ball, very much like Damian Pierce. So 24 times, 24 red zone touches. Yeah, dude. So he could provide some some value there for sure. At least, you know, put up some solid flex numbers. But I don't know, man. I think think you could do – Definitely way better than Brian Robinson, but I wouldn't be upset if he was on my team. He's the guy, right? There's no one else there. Well, is not the guy. Um, they got Gibson there. Yeah, that's true. You know, and he didn't. He ran all right last year. It was okay. I don't. I don't so much think that Gibson is in favor with the coaching staff there. You know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, here's my Brian Robinson conundrum. Okay. When he gets the ball, he does get things with it. He's in a split backfield situation. Again, we're gonna I'm gonna hammer this point because where a lot of these backs are looking at split back split back situations, you need to be able to catch the ball. Here's the biggest point I think we should take away from this. Draft wideouts, dude. That's oh. the <laughs> 
That's the way the league is trending right now, dude. Yeah, draft it's just, those elite pass catchers. Yeah, it's like it's it's really hard when when your running back is only seeing twelve targets. You know, even all though all season, yeah, all season, even though he had twenty four red zone rushing attempts. Yeah, how many times did he get in? Obviously, not that many. You know, and so there is like the interesting concept of Eric Bieniemy being brought over here from Kansas City. That's a good point. He brings over a very diverse offense. He could scheme to his abilities for sure. So it's not a question that I think that he could be better. But the problem with his system is that he fucking rotates his running backs. Like every other Super Bowl contender that you've ever been, that you ever look at, Philly, Kansas City, they're all rotating running backs, man. That's why these guys are so productive. Yeah. You, You know, it just scares me like crazy because... Yeah, he's on my watch list, but at the same time, the only reason he's on my watch list is is if Gibson goes down at any moment, you spend your fab like crazy on Brian Robinson. Well, I think Brian Robinson's going to be the guy, dude, going into the next season. I I'm just saying. I think he's going to take Antonio over Gibson is RPM not role. going away. No, he's definitely not. So. And, and and Antonio Gibson actually provides very. Remember, Antonio Gibson's going to provide that Jarek McKinnon flex value. Was Jerry McKinnon that was in Washington for those years? Mm. Who am I thinking of? I think it was Jarek McKinnon. No, Jarek McKinnon came from, he went from Minnesota to who the Niners in, and then in, Kansas City. Who was in Washington as that pass catching back that oh, uh, um, Dave had him, I think. I can't remember his name, bro. Damn it. Maybe we can circle back to him. Yeah, it's cool. Anyways. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, the Brian Robinson situation is very, yeah, it's whatever for me, you know. Yeah. As me a fantasy too. owner. Yeah, me too. He's and on I, my list, and if I have to draft him for depth, I will. That, I was going to say, that's probably the biggest reason you're going to draft him is for depth purposes. Exactly. All right, man. Let's get into next running back here. <sighs> yes. This one's mine. You're, oh, I'll, let you, I'll let you have the floor with this guy. So, as I was saying earlier that we're, we're going to talk about this later, about how you hit on things, mm-hmm. this is somebody that I hit on when he got drafted. Okay. And it's not even the player that we're about to talk about. It's the guy that his job that he's took. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Isaiah Pacheco. See you later, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> You've been trash since day one. I knew it, dude. You were never going to be anything in I this I still lineup. have faith in you, Clyde. Dude, he's, he's dead. Clyde's dead. Everybody, he's dead. If you have Clyde on your, any of your teams, trade him right now for anything. It yeah. doesn't even matter. Just drop him to the waiver because he's not getting time this year. Yeah. And I'm going to echo this for years to come because I said this on draft day. I'm telling you, there's nothing better than hitting, oh, brother. Man. I was like, there's no way that guy's going to be fantasy relevant. And he, yeah. like he, we had a couple good weeks, but Clyde was ever since that Clyde had, I remember there was one game when Clyde tried to get in the end zone three times on the same drive and they got stuffed every time. That's when I knew this guy's trash. Yeah. You, you can't be doing that <laughs> so, as a running back. Back to the guy that I want to talk about, Isaiah Pacheco. This dude has been basically everything that Clyde Edward Hilaire isn't. He's strong between the tackles. He's decisive in his runs. From the first time that I saw this dude, he had it. Like, I saw him rip off a 25-yard run and then threw a safety to the side like he was a child. I was like, this guy, who is this guy? Isaiah Pacheco came in from weeks one to nine primarily in a rotation situation. He played special teams. And then when they started, it was weird. Clyde got hurt, but even before then, it looked like Clyde was getting phased out, and they started bringing in this dude, Pacheco. And then from week 10, it just became the Pacheco-McKinnon show. And he was the lead back playing from about 45% of the snaps from week 10 to 18. He averaged 11.7 points per points per game. That's not like super enticing. But what I do like is he averaged 4.8 yards per carry, 5.2 yards per touch. 
And so there's like a lot to be desired there about him. The ability is there. He's fast. He's strong. And he plays with a chip on his shoulder. The guy got drafted in the seventh round. As a rookie running back, you took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire job as a first-round running back from LSU? You're a god, dude. This guy's the man. Like, yeah. I'm very high on Isaiah Pacheco. The only problems that I see here are just like every other problem we've discussed today. He plays in Kansas City. Yep. That's a rotational backfield. Yep. You and pl- the Travis Kelsey show. You dude. play behind Travis Kelsey. You play behind Patrick Mahomes. You play behind Patrick Mahomes' grandma. Like, yeah. you're. it's going to be tough for you to produce at a consistent fantasy level in which you can argue that he should be drafted higher. Yeah. So it's interesting, man. Like I like Pacheco too. You know, he average, and I'm sorry if you touched on this or not, but I think 4.9 yards per carry yeah. last season, which yeah. was higher than all his rookie counterparts. I think on limited carries too. I think on like 60 or 50 less carries. So man, it, ju- it just sucks that they don't utilize him like they should there or that the, op- I don't want to say don't utilize him. They have an offensive scheme that they like to run. Right. That has worked for years. So of course they're going to keep doing that, but he's just in a bad situation in terms of fantasy production. There's yeah. Nothing, there's nothing you can really do about it. The running back room in Kansas city is not something you really want to be a part of unless yeah. you somehow struck gold on Jerick McKinnon at the end of last year and started to flex him. And then he's just started scoring touchdowns for yeah. you. So like other than that, you know, It's just this offense is a pass-first offense, pass often, pass to Travis Kelsey. If Travis Kelsey isn't open, pass to any open receivers. If those receivers aren't open. Look back to Travis Kelsey. Look back to Travis Kelsey. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes run. If Patrick Mahomes can't run, Patrick Mahomes' grandma's going to run. That's right, dude. And then maybe they'll look at the running back. That's right, dude. Maybe. So We'll see. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll see what happens with Isaiah Pacheco. He's a riser for me, though. Yeah, me too. So it's yeah. somebody I want to keep an eye on. He's definitely, I think, can provide solid flex production with maybe, depending on, you know, if they decide to focus more on the run game, with maybe some low-end RB2 production. No shot. That's why I said maybe. No shot. That's why I emphasize maybe. It'd be RB2. If he gets into RB2 territory, it'd be, it, it would be because he started scoring touchdowns. I from mean, like he's, he's 30 scored, yards out. I mean, he scored a good a handful of touchdowns. I know that, year. but like in order for me to be like, yeah, he's RB2 territory on a weekly basis, it's because this guy's ripping off big plays, not because they're scheming for him to get in the end zone. Yeah, I get that. And one of the things I hope that Kansas City looks at is his um, output in the Super Bowl. I think he had like 75, 80-something yards and a score yep. in that game against an elite defense. Come on, bro. Yeah. You got a talented back on your hands there. Start – I'm with start, you. Start giving him the rock, dude. I'm with you. Yeah. Anyways. All right, guys. Cool. So let's move on to – we touched on running backs. Any other running backs, Frank, you want to touch on a little bit? Maybe, like, give an honorable mention that maybe keep an eye on or put on your radar. I mean, yeah, just some quick names. C.J. Spiller. Ah, Isaiah Spiller. Spiller. <laughs> Isaiah Spiller from the Chargers. Sorry, from I've had two Bed shots, beyond. two shots, and three beers in forty-five minutes. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Isaiah Spiller from the Chargers. You know, I just keep an eye on that. You know, if any of those other running backs really? in front of him miss time, mm. you know, yeah. Keontae Ingram, oh. big fan of this guy. The problem is he plays for Cardinal, the Arizona Cardinals. Yep, they're trash. Yep. Um, Zamir well, White is their running back. So yeah, Zamir White. Uh, Kyron Williams and Pierre Strong. Those are all pretty deep sleepers for me, but 
just guys to keep an eye out really young. So All right, cool. You got any opinion, opinions on those guys? Uh, I mean, we touched on it a little bit. I like the Keontae Ingram pick, but he's just in a bad situation. I don't think he's going to see the light of day over there. So, but yeah, everyone else, I think you can kind of keep your eye on. Uh, you know, watch them as the season progresses. I'm I'm especially intrigued uh, in terms of a deep, deep sleeper of Kyron Williams, right? So we'll see what Cam Akers does down there in L.A. Obviously, started off rough. This guy had a very too much low. Yeah, came came on strong at the end. Yeah, but you know, can you really depend on him? I don't know. Nah. I, I think know. I think they've been out on him for yeah. for a while. And Kyron Williams was a very talented back coming yeah. out of where Frank. I don't know, but That's I. That's right, he's Notre on, Dame. Good job, brother. <laughs> he's on my <laughs> dynasty team, so let's go. But yeah, good job. <laughs> so yeah, man, I think he's definitely an eye or a name to keep an eye on. But yeah, the rest of those names don't really do too much for me. Yep. Uh, all right, moving along here. Let's get into some tight ends, man. Let's do it. Tight ends. Uh, again, rookies last year, sophomores this year. The big tight end, or the one everyone had circled on their boards last year in terms of the number one tight end coming into the season for rookies, was Trey McBride. Unfortunately, he landed with the Cardinals, Again. where he sat behind yeah. Zach Ertz. <laughs> Another unfortunate landing spot <laughs> with the Cardinals. It sounds like anyone who goes to the Cardinals, you're just fucked. Dude, have you heard what they do? They make you. So have you have you heard what they do to their players in the off season? They no. make them pay to go work out at their no, facilities. They don't. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, is that is that messed up? Cheap bastards, bro. God, is it surprising me one bit? Yeah, me either. Really, I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if that's the norm across the league. But no, it's not. Really? It was actually in that report that we were talking that me, you, and Daniel were were discussing in our group chat. He like sent it to us and I was like, Oh yeah, I read this. And like the worst one of the worst landing spots was outside of the Chargers. <laughs> um oh, the that's Cardinals. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I because that. they make yeah. them pay for all this ridiculous <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Anyways. Anyways. I, I digress. Yeah, man. So uh Chair McBride, right? Uh tight end out of where Frank? That's right. Colorado State. Good Let's job, go, brother. No problem. <laughs> uh, I think, man, went, I really need Daniel to be I, here for I, these questions. I, yeah. <laughs> I think he went number one in terms of tight ends off the board last year in I Dynasty. I, uh, no, I'm talking about like actual the actual draft. Oh, I, I think yes. I don't think Dulcich passed him. I think it was him. Anyways, uh, so yeah, he landed with the Cardinals. Terrible situation, right? So yep. they had just signed Ertz. I don't know if it was that year or the year before. Oh, yeah, that year. Nowhere they just to, signed him. Yeah, nowhere to play. So, obviously, they have him in mind for long-term plans. But uh, short-term, obviously, you weren't going to get too much, too much production. And if you had him on your team as Redraft or Dynasty, like I did, you didn't. You had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing happened. But, interestingly enough, towards the end of the season, he started seeing the field a little more. Right. And when Ertz went down... Yeah, uh, that sucked for me. Yeah, that sucked, man. That I mean, that's just sad to see overall to a great player. That guy's been great for so long, dude. You know what I mean? I was more sad because I was undefeated in my work league, and then Zach Ertz went down, and then I lost my first game that week. So, yeah, that sucked. Definitely sucked. But, yeah, uh, once he went down, obviously he's going to get the playing time there. Didn't do too much, but he did have some solid games. So I watched, you know, like I mentioned, I am a – uh, Trey McBride, dynasty owner. I watched the games. He's on the field quite a bit. Even before Zach Ertz got hurt, he was starting to see field a little more, kind of pushing towards a, I don't want to say a full 
50-50 split, but maybe along the lines of like a 70-30, maybe 60-40. But going into the next season, it'll be interesting to see what happens there in Phoenix because I think Trey McBride does have the talent to be a successful tight end at the next level. I think he can provide fantasy production if given the opportunity. I mean, obviously, Ertz, we'll see how Ertz responds to his injury. But I think he's a sleeper pick at the tight end position, especially, like I said, if Ertz, you know, isn't good to go still, or even if he is good to go, he's a good backup to have, I think, on your bench. Okay. Um, the problem is the Cardinals and Kyler Murray specifically were absolutely horrendous last year, you know? Yeah. Um, outside of D-Hop, and D-Hop was suspended for the first six games of the year, you couldn't depend on anybody on that team. Mm-hmm. And I think Trey McBride is just outside of tight end one territory for me. It's probably about like 14, 15 around there. Yeah. Um, I'm not comfortable going to war with that guy on my team as my number one. Like if, oh, if you're yeah. waiting all the way and then you're drafting this guy. So like I'd be worried. So like the concern there is for a team that has a running quarterback with a very capable outside receiver how many plays are they going to get to get this guy involved? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't foresee him to be a safety net as you would see in other offenses because Kyler Murray's safety net is to run. Yeah. So even fair point. even if, like, Trey McBride is, you know, he has all the talent in the world, I think his situation sucks until Kyler Murray becomes a better quarterback. I think it sucks until... Zach Ertz is gone, which I think after this year, he's gone. Yeah, I don't have his contract in front of me, so I'd have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To I, well, I think his contract runs up just after a, this year. It's just a one year, or was then, it two years? It was two years. I oh, okay. Think. It was two years. But um, yeah, kind of like to the point I made earlier, you don't draft that guy. Well, he's not going to play. He's not going to. for him. Zach Ertz isn't going to play for like the first part of the year. Yeah, so. He might have some value there. He but again, might. like, so I wouldn't surprise me if it came week six and we're talking about. McBride as like a potential TE1, right? But it also wouldn't shock me if we went the entire season and he did absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question for you, dude. Uh, and we'll get into this guy a little bit later, uh, or, or we'll touch on him. To your point, you know, Ertz may not be ready. He might not play the first few games, handful of games. Do you take Trey McBride over a... Darren Waller? Never. Never that. I actually think Darren Waller is going to end up getting drafted higher than he should. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Now. And, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. But I would never take Trey McBride over a lot of things. Let's just put it that way. I would. I mean, not in redraft. Right, in redraft. In, yeah, in oh, Dynasty. Dynasty I, mean, I mean, he's already gone. Yeah. But like, uh, in redraft, no. Yeah. No. It's a hard no for me. Okay. So. Cool. Unless right. Zach Ertz gets hurt again. <clears throat> Which could happen. Can't happen. Know. Yeah. All right, dude. Let's get into the next one. All right. Next the next guy. guy. Jelani Woods. I'm not going to lie, dude. I got to take a piss. Can you hold down for the listeners? Yeah, yeah, man. Go all do your right, thing. All right, all right. So, Woods is the guy to be targeting if you're waiting for that tight end late. Even though he averaged about 12 routes per game, you know, Woods still posted two top five finishes. 15.3 in week three. 17.8 in week 12. As the season went on, so did his usage 
And so that kind of tells me that the coaching staff has some confidence in this player. And so as they get him involved more in the passing game, that means his, his, his blocking is probably getting a lot better as well. So I really like Jelani Woods. I think he's a breakout candidate for this season. He should win the starting job right out of camp and could potentially be started weekly. We could be talking about a potential tight end one situation here. The only concern that I have is the rookie quarterback. The rookie quarterback that just got drafted has a ton of throwing issues. Woods has the athletic ability at 6'7", 252 pounds, runs a 4'6". He's a riser on my board. And, you know, Steichen coming in in this offense really leads me to believe they're going to start factoring in the tight end a lot more because of the way that they used uh, Goddard over in Philly. And so, as I was just saying, there's some potential here. You wait on this guy, you draft this guy late, and all of a sudden, you might have a potential tight end one on your hands. What do you think, Brady? As he puts his headphones back on. Any moment now. Yeah, uh, again, what's most enticing about Woods is that his athletic ability, 6'7", 252, runs a 4'6". All right, I'm back, dude. That's crazy. Um, We're talking about Jelani Woods, man. What do you think? Yeah, uh, interesting, right? Yeah. There's a lot of intrigue there, but I don't know, dude. Like, he is also in a terrible situation. He's in a spot where the quarterback is probably not going to ask to be throwing the ball a lot. They're going to lean on the run game quite a bit. My boy Jonathan Taylor. Whether it's AR or JT. So I could see him being utilized in the red zone. Are we cracking him already, dude? Second crack him, dude. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I could see him being utilized heavily in the red zone. I mean, obviously uh, – a tight end is a quarterback's best friend, essentially, behind the run game, right? So they're they're kind of like the safety blankets. But, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know. I don't see a lot of fantasy value for Jelani. I disagree, I, man. I don't, I don't see a lot of fantasy value for a lot of these tight ends that we'll probably touch on. Uh, I think the concern... I, I, outside of one uh, that we'll get into in a bit, but... The only concern is the quarterback, which is the biggest concern that you could possibly have. <laughs> the very big concern you know if again i wish i wish daniel was here so he could be like if only he could fix all of these problems <laughs> yeah 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 well i mean we'll we'll see how it goes. there's a lot there's a lot of things for the path to this player's fantasy success basically so yeah yeah uh, moving on moving on dude uh and the guy i wanted to touch base on who i kind of alluded to in that last like segment or talking point i should say not segment is greg Dulcich, Greg the leg, and I'm not talking about his walking legs, baby. (laughs) (laughs) For the listeners, interesting note about this guy. Um, I traded a second round pick in Dynasty for this guy straight up. Who did you who did you get that from? My my boy Patrick, the Minnesota T Wolves fan, dude. What an idiot! He's a he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's doing the Lord's work. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, Patrick. You fucking moron, dude. (laughs) Come on, dude. No, but yeah, dude, I like 
big Greg, man, as a, I don't want to say deep sleeper because he, he put up, he put up production or he showed production early in the season last year, back when everything went to shit or before everything went to shit in Denver. Yeah. It'll be interesting with Peyton there to see what he can do with those skill position players, specifically talking about Greg. We all know that he loves his tight ends, you know, utilized Jimmy G quite a bit in New Orleans with Drew Brees. But yeah, man, I, I, to me, he reminds me a little bit of the, of this year's new, uh, hype machine, hype boy in position. Yeah. Dalton Kincaid, very similar, uh, body types, very similar skill set. Both play basically as a wide out disguised as a tight end. Yep. Both get up the seams vertically very well. Both are great pass catchers. So yeah, man, if, if Peyton can get that offense right in Denver, I think Dulcich could be a deep sleeper at the tight end position. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you that there, that, um, it's all dependent if they can fix Russell Wilson's problems, you know, <laughs> like, and there's a lot of them. Can like, you fix this guy, dude, please. Sean Payton saw that and was like, easy game, dude. So good on him, man. He's an offensive he, guru. He, yeah. I was going to say, he obviously saw something, man. Like he obviously is going in there and being like, I can do this. I can't imagine that Russell Wilson was a system player for as long as he was in Seattle just to come over, have one shit year. And then, you know, everybody be like, Oh, you've never been as good as advertised. You know what I'm saying? So I think last year was more of an anomaly than not under um, the less than competent Nathaniel Hackett. I was, that was going to be my (laughs) point. I was going to touch on, I, I think you're right from that standpoint, but in, an argument against Russell. If you watched a lot of his games, like I did, dude, he missed very easy throws. Yeah. Like, I mean, very easy yeah. throws that he should have been making. So that's a little alarming, but yeah, man, we'll see what Peyton can do down there in Denver, get the offense fixed around. But if he does, like I said, I like Greg Dulcich as a deep sleeper as a tight end position. Tight end one this coming year. Book it, baby. I don't know. You heard it here first, well, bro. If heard that it hits, here first, you're going to be screaming, you're going to be next year's Damian Pierce. Baby. Well, dude, if that hits, that means I'm going to have tight ends for the next 15 years because I still have Travis Kelsey. He's probably got another three years. And that's why, at least in terms of Dynasty, I always take a tight end in Dynasty. Yep. Because if you hit on one, you're golden, dude. And I think you met, yeah, I think you made that point last episode. Anyways, 15 man. years of solid success. Yeah. Anyways, man, let's get into the last guy here. Mr. Irrelevant. Not really, dude. I, I will... I kind of wanted to talk about him. No, I mean, it just sucks. What do you mean? It just sucks what the Giants did to this guy. <clears throat> because I'm a big fan of this guy, too. But I'm not going to steal your thunder. Yeah. So, uh, if you haven't picked up, on, picked up on it yet, we're talking about Daniel Bellinger. So, this guy is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, we both have SDSU ties. He's a former San Diego State tight end. I'm a former San Diego State quarterback. Uh, I'm not, I am not, (laughs) you know what, dude, I'd almost believe it because that team is so bad, you know, I'd be like, yeah, Brady could play quarterback over there. (laughs) Yeah, bro. But anyways, uh, but we, it's true. We both still have SDSU ties, but he, I mean, being drafted last year, I felt like he landed in a great situation with New York. There There was seemingly no one really in front of him. He had all, you know, 
he had everything in front of him in terms of to establish himself as the starter there. And then fucking they go do something stupid and fucking I get where they did it, dude. You know, if you look at Belly, his weakness, his weakness, right? Is route running. He's not the best route runner. He's more of the traditional blocking tight end. Kind of Jeremy Shockey mold yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. closer. Well, I wouldn't put him. Well, Shockey could catch the ball, but I mean like closer to that like because Shockey played in that era where he needed to blo- be able to block in order to yeah. get on the field. Yeah. So dude. Bellinger can block. T- and with the Giants, they kind of play that old school kind of football where they run the ball heavily. Yeah. And so he bl- he's a phenomenal blocker. Yeah. He's going to be on the field for blocking purposes, but that does nothing for fantasy. We don't get points for, for blocking. We don't get points for blocking. Sadly. Uh, all those passing plays are going to be schemed up for Waller. I think not Belly. Hold on a minute. I said this before, but I can't remember what episode it was, but I, t- I talked about this. It, we could start to – like, Brian Dabble is a great offensive coordinator. Like, he is. He's, he's a great offensive mind. We could start to see maybe some two tight end sets here where they start to utilize yeah, both of them the, at the, the same time. The two tight end sets will be Waller in for passing plays and Belly. No, no, no. Two tight end sets on the same at the same time. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean – I don't know, dude. It's not I mean, that I far mean, out of imagination is what I'm thinking. I, I mean, tried to reason why they made that trade, and it's like they got a good tight end, Bellinger, and I get why they made it. They acquired Darren Waller, who is a phenomenal pass-catching tight end. Yeah. But the problem with Waller is he can't block, he's expensive, and he's injury-prone. Yeah. So why would they go out and do that and run the risk because of, of the that? Name, dude. The name. I just... So like that's my reason for it. I'm like I got to think that Brian Dabble has this genius scheme to create this like badass two tight end set where the Giants just are throwing the ball and running the ball at will and teams can't pick it up. I don't know. I don't know, man. I I think that it all goes back to the fact that they're they're a run first team, dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It it doesn't really matter who the tight end is. Which out again there. makes no sense as to why they went out and got Waller. If that was the case. Yeah, because if you're a run first team and you have a run first blocking tight end and belly, why do you need Darren Waller? Right? I agree. I'm 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 with you on this, man. I don't know, man. It's it's, inter- it's, it's a blow to all dynasty owners. It definitely yeah, for belly owners for sure. Because, like uh D. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, D. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. I mean the the talents there, I think the abilities there is like he's gonna be the biggest thing with tight ends, and I talked about this during the when we talked about the rookie that came out, Washington. Uh, this year? Yeah. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Darnell. Is that those types of players are on the field all the damn time, yeah. which means there's going to be opportunities eventually, you know? Yeah. So, I, I, know. I mean, it's up to them, though, also at the end, of the end of the day to better yourself as a player, right? Like, yeah, learn to catch the ball, bro. Yeah, yeah. Figure it out, dude. Like, if you're so good in one aspect of the game but not so good in the other – Figure that out, dude. And I guarantee you're going to see the field. He's already got a leg up on Darren Waller. He's cheaper. He's younger. Yeah. So. He's bigger, I think. Oh, no, he's not. Waller's bigger. big. Yeah, dude. Waller's Well, huge. Waller's like tall and lanky. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget how big. But Belly's big, too. Yeah. Dude. He's a big boy. He, I think he's like 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, like 250, something like that. Yeah, he had a couple of really nice red zone pat. He uh, did, catches, man. man. You know, if you, look, if you watch the games last year, and, you know, obviously Miami Dave probably did, he probably caught a glimpse of the potential that belly could be but yeah going into the fantasy season i don't expect belly to do much yeah he's you know? probably off my board all the way across yeah he probably was off i was probably not drafting this guy even if waller went there i don't know 
Yeah. That's yeah, just yeah. not a sexy passing situation to me. It's not. I mean, it's Daniel Jones. <laughs> There's on, nothing dude. sexy. Give that guy, give that guy a chance. Would you rather have Daniel Jones for no, nah, I'll just say it. Would you rather have Daniel Jones or Zach Wilson? Let's say they're both let's say Zach Wilson goes to the they both play for the Giants somehow, dude. Right? And Dable can scheme both of them to be productive. Would you rather take a what? chance on Zach Wilson or Daniel Jones to be your franchise leader of the Giants? Are we playing in a league where you where you get points for for banging people's mom? Because <laughs> if that's the case, Let's I take Zach yes. Wilson all the day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say yes, dude. Okay, oh Zach my God. Wilson. I guess we're gonna close on I, that. I note. just love bringing that guy into convo somehow, dude. dude just because re- I love. <laughs> He's just a he's just a normal dude, bro. Do like, you remember? Do you remember last year when that news broke and like Daniel sent it to us and we're like, "There's no fucking way this is real, oh dude." Oh my god, man! <laughs> what a young god. Yeah, dude. I think that's a good spot. To yeah, that's a good on. dropping point. Cool, man. Well, this was fun, dude. As always, it's always fun. We're gonna wrap up this episode of Around the Cooler again. That was what was it? Running backs, sophomores, sophomores this year. Running backs and tight ends, baby. Yep. Take a look. Take a listen. We will catch you guys next week. Until then, peace. Later.